Anyways, uh, so yeah, uh, Sad Boys Book Club. Gotta love uh, yes. keeping that uh, very esoteric name going. Yep, the inaugural episode of the Sad Boys Book Club. Yep. Uh, House of Leaves by Mark Z. <sighs> Danielewski? Is that how you say it? I, th- I think that's right. You're a Daniel, so I, I, I assume you speak Daniel, Dan, Dan, Danielistics? I don't know. I may be a Daniel, but I'm not Polish. <laughs> Which I, I assume he is. I don't know. The, the Luski is kind of a, a Polish thing. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't know names. I don't know uh, cultures because I am, I'm white, so therefore I'm uncultured. Uh, so I looked at that name, and my first thought was, "That's a fake name." <laughs> he just, he just well, got um, a, he just got a Jewish name and Daniel and put it together. The, the name Daniel is a Hebrew name, actually. You know what? Fair point. One of those. Those. Uh, but anyway, let's see. Uh, House of Leaves. All right. So, what, how how would you like to to get this started here? Uh, well, um, it's a book. That is absolute fact. It is a book. That's true. Of all the things that we will talk about, um, <clears throat> I'm sure we'll get. Many things wrong, miss a lot of stuff, but you cannot you cannot fault us um, here when we identify this as a book. Uh, I I knew the reputation surrounding this before going into it. Like I, I've heard of this book many many times. I've heard people talk about it, uh, and all, all I really knew about it was that it was like it was a weird book. I've heard people say that it's like the the format and like the concept is the most interesting thing about it not necessarily the plot itself it's kind of like one of those things mm-hmm. where it's it's the not necessarily like all sizzle no steak kind of thing the you know all style no substance not necessarily that mm-hmm. but more so it's known for its style not its substance that's what i knew going into it yeah i'm i'm going to out myself as a as a long time on and off redditor uh, I know this. The, I, that's how I first heard about it. It was they, they, people talked about it a lot. Like I don't know what was like ten, eight years ago, somewhere in there. And I know the book came out around. Here, let me flip. I got the book right here with me. Yes, the remastered full okay, color edition. Top, yeah, yeah. We're, for for reference, we're looking at the uh, remastered full color edition here. Okay, so it looks like it came out in two thousand. <clears throat> That was its original publication? I think the original publication, and this might be something worth uh, looking into later, I think it, it, it kind of circled around certain like like literary and art circles in the Los Angeles area for a while. But I think it was it was like it had its full publication, which I think is this um, remastered full color edition. Was we're referring to? I think it was two thousand the two thousand that that happened. Oh, I I didn't actually look at the um. What's it called? The uh the copyright information page. The 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 information mm-hmm. page. Well, I don't know what you would call that page. Just in general, I didn't really look at that until just now because I wanted to look at that when you were talking about that. So yeah, I'm assuming it's mm-hmm. it's original like novelization publication. Um was 2000 but i'm looking at it and they even have like the you know random house inc 
the house in that is is also blue. Um, and then I looked at the bottom mm-hmm. here, under under the this is a work of fiction, blah 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 blah, and it has the it has the the color code ostensibly. You know, the word house is in blue, Minotaur and mm-hmm. all struck passages in red. Uh, the only struck line in chapter twenty one appears in purple, and then a bunch of X's and color plates. And there's like other things, two color, black and white, incomplete, no braille. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that's uh, that's established. There's no braille, so uh, sorry, blind people. This version is not for you. It's uh, not not inclusive. But I I think that would be an interesting concept. That would probably be difficult to to work into. But I, I think that would be an interesting concept, including passages. I don't know. There's, this book has a lot of interesting things that are, um, I guess, kind of. I guess it kind of gives. This is not. I'm definitely not the first postmodern novel in terms of content, but in terms of uh, form, it's it's got to be pretty early on. I think I think it, it it's kind of interesting in that it pioneers a lot of things like like you were saying like uh, different usages of colors of text, and it it kind of plays with like the way that uh, words appear on the page a little bit as you, as you go on. Um, I guess that might be a little bit of a spoiler, but I, I have tried to read this uh, once before and I, and I was enjoying it. I, I fully enjoyed it, but I just, for one reason or another, life got in the way. And uh, you know, I, I never got around to picking it back up, but there, there are some interesting things that it does with um, the way that words are displayed on a page and the way you have to, you may have to in certain passages, manipulate the book physically to to sort of make sense of things so it's it's kind of an interesting uh it's it's really interesting from that standpoint i haven't gotten to anything like that yet where with like the manipulating the book or anything i am aware that you know shit like that happens um Mm -hmm. like i said my my going into this i was aware of like the the kind of reputation i didn't know anything about the plot i didn't know if even there was a plot um and i still don't think i do honestly as far we're not far in the book but as far as we are i still don't know if there actually is a plot um yes for for reference we are uh we, we finished uh the first four chapters as of this recording it was supposed and, to be uh, nine and we both pulled a me <laughs> we we you know it was it was it was both of our faults i, I think i kind of took the took my eye off the ball in this one a little bit i should have uh, i should have been reading a little bit more frequently than i should have but uh you know, I, I think I hope you know. Subsequently, I mean, we'll see how this goes. But I, I'd like to to go back to the original idea of reading maybe larger chunks, so we can. Because otherwise, I think there's a, a possibility that we get bogged down in this uh, labyrinth, so to say. Yeah. So the original idea was get to chapter nine, which is page one hundred and seven, uh, and we gave our we gave ourselves two weeks. Um, let's see. We started. Well, we I, I don't know when you started the book. I started the book on the 18th. Uh, today is the 28th of January, 2023, to date this. Um, I started the book on the 18th. Um, yeah, I... I think I started it... <clears throat> yeah, sometime around then. Not, not, too, not too long after that. Yeah, which um, I'm using the term started very, very loosely here. Um, that was 10 days ago. So that was what last Wednesday, and it was at like one a.m. Uh, I was mm. sick. I was sick that week. Uh, that was horrible. So I was like, I might as well do something productive while I'm sick here. 
and I started reading the book, and I read the uh, the introduction written by our um, narrator, for lack of a better term, Johnny Schrunt. And I read through the, the introduction and made it to the Navidson record, and that's where I stopped. And I didn't pick it up again until, I want to say Monday, which would have been the 23rd, I want to say. And my goal was, so I need to get two chapter nine, so let's try and average two chapters a night. So I read it Monday, or maybe it was Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday when I started reading it. I read two chapters on Tuesday, I read two chapters on Wednesday, I played Yakuza Kiwami on Thursday, and I did nothing on Friday. So, needless to say, when you texted me last night, and you were like, uh, I'm not as far, I'm not going to get anywhere close to, to where we got, I just had an absolute wave of relief, because I'm like, oh, thank God, I don't have to read 60 pages tonight. Yeah, I mean, that's not to say I, I, I that would be that'd be kind of tough. Um, that's not to say I, I haven't enjoyed it. I've I've definitely enjoyed it, uh, definitely uh, reading through it. But yeah, it's not know, so I, much I, I, trying to uh, when you. It, there's a difference between when you're just kind of reading for pleasure, like purely for pleasure, and then when when you're kind of doing what what we're doing or what I'm doing at least. And you know, I'm trying to take notes here. You know, at least try to to find relevant stuff. We'll see. Just how good of notes I took. I, I I don't know how when I was in um when when we were in school, I don't know that I I really took very good um, you know how when you you're reading books for classes you have to you have to take notes you have to annotate your books and all that. I hated I was that never by the really way. Really good at that. I they were like oh you got to annotate your book you got to highlight you got to take your the pen and write notes in the margins and I'm like fuck that I do not want to I don't want to deface. I respect books, okay? Books are, like, one of my favorite things in the world, even though I have been a horrible reader for the last decade. I have I have finished... Uh, let's see. I, I, I picked up a book for the first time since, like, I think, 2017 in 2021. And I finished two books in 2021, and I finished one book in 2022. So, I, needless to say, I have not been an avid reader in the last decade, more or less. Um... But I love books. I, you know, I, I, I was reading ever since I was a little kid. You know, I, I've read like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and Hobbit, you know, all that, all that fun stuff. Uh, but you know, I fell off the horse when I became an adult because you know, time and video games and hobbies and crippling depression and all these other things. You know, that 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 make you not want to do things you enjoy. Certainly, certainly, and I, I think that's a pretty common experience. Uh, uh, you know, going when when someone goes to college or you know joins the adult world, however they do that, whether it's you know going directly into the workforce or whatever, they they don't really make as much time to just read recreationally. And that's kind of something that I would like to like like a, a personal goal of the uh, Sad Boy Book Club would be to kind of rekindle, like you were saying, that like early love of reading that I had. You know, because yeah. I, I used to do that. I was the same. You know. Were summer reading clubs, you know, just demolishing books at, you know, you know, go go check out books, go and and then have them all read by the time I would go back for the, uh, you know, to go, ready to go turn them in. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that I would like to do, you know, trying to kind of rebuild my reading stamina uh, and attention span, and you know, just kind of get back into reading as a whole. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good way of putting it because that's what I've been trying to do for the last couple of years, and I've been bad. I've been really bad at it. Like in uh, in twenty twenty one, I I I finished uh, the two books I actually read to completion 
were um, Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs, which were excellent books, by the way. Uh, Silence of the Lambs more so than Red Dragon, but not much. They're both great books. I highly recommend both. Um, I got a uh, I got a a Kindle. Yeah, I got a Kindle, and that's what I was using it for. I was like, I'll I'll read Silence of the Lambs on the Kindle. Uh, those were great. I I started Dune and didn't finish Dune. Uh, and I, I was like, I was like really trying to get through it before the movie came out. And, uh, I was mostly successful. I, I stopped at the I end of the book I think you got through one. the part where, roughly where the movie stopped. There were like, I, I got about 30 minutes before the end of the movie. I stopped at, at the end of book one of Dune book one. It's, I hate how they do that. It's, it, I always find that really confusing and it, when it's a series of books and then the book is separated into books. It's like, you know, if it was called like part one, part two, part three, that'd be better. But, you know, he called it book one, book two, book three. And I'm like, this is this is a series of books. And you have book one inside of book one and book two inside. Of... Anyways, I'm getting on tangent. I finished book one, which ends with, um, which ends with, um, I don't remember the character's names anymore. Paul and Paul his, Atreides. yeah, Paul and his mom in the tent. They're like in the Lady tent. Jessica. Thank you. Yes, uh, they're in the tent having their conversation, which most of that conversation was cut from the movie. I get it. I'm disappointed, but I get it. It did not make the movie worse, but it made my enjoyment of the movie worse, which is subjective. But I loved the movie. The movie was great. We saw it in IMAX. It was great, or Dolby, and it was great. And I loved it. The movie was great. Uh, but yeah, it was the, the 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 final scene in the book that I read was they were in the tent talking, and that's when he has like his um. Uh, I almost said Torok Makto. That's Avatar. Um, the the moment where he's just where he has his like his um, I can see the future kind of thing, and that's where the the first book ends in the first Dune book, and then the movie went another like thirty minutes past that up to where he like fights that dude in um, uh, in like you know one on one combat. He which... joins the Fremen. Yeah, he he joins the Fremen at the end of the movie. Yeah, he meets Zendaya, and they uh. They go off to so the the movie went a little further, but that's how far I got in Dune. I, this this is not about Dune itself. Um, I I also started the Eye of the World, and I only in 2021, and I only made it to page like 60 something, something like that. I don't know. I read the first prologue, I read the second prologue, and I got partway through chapter one, and that book is fantastic. I love it. Um, 2022, I only read two books. I only finished one, and it was the one I finished was American Psycho. And that is, like, probably the only book I could ever say that I really enjoyed, and I will never recommend it. It is a tough read. Yeah, it, it's the, it, it can be kind of a slog. I know it goes through very lengthy passages, you know, describing... Uh, you know, Clothing like, is the big one. Very very dated fashion things in the, the restaurants. And the, basically, the very detailed descriptions of, like, the, the, the stockbroker... In the 1980s lifestyle. Yeah, it's similar to reading Martin, but instead of him describing sex and food, it's describing clothing. And it's like, I get it. And like at first I was like, this is funny, haha. And then by like page 200, I was just like, this is less funny, haha. But it, it was a good book. I'd give it like a 7 out of 10. I enjoyed it, but like it was like, okay, there's a lot of this book that's not great, and it's it's the point of it is supposed to be not great, and it's like, just because you're intentionally making something bad doesn't make it good. 
but I respect what I respect that you did this intentionally, and the the writing is really good, and the plot is really good, and Bateman is such a great character to follow. Like, he's a horrible, horrible person, and like it's really fun when you when you get to those scenes in the movie, uh, the, the scenes that they adapted into the movie, and you're reading it in the book, and they're they're damn near like one to one. Like a lot of, a lot of the dialogue is exactly the same. There's some dialogue that's added in the movie, some dialogue that's cut from the book. It you know you it's it's an adaptation, but you get those scenes and you know exactly what you're in if you if you watch the movie first like I imagine most people who read the book were who who read the book after 2000, and you get those like you get those scenes and it's it's fantastic and you're like oh this is great I remember this from the movie and you're reading it and you got that mental image and it's perfect and then you get other scenes that are like specifically in the book and they're like really funny at times some of them are like intense and insane and super macabre and like disturbing and i'm like what the fuck am i reading why am i reading this and then you have other ones that are just really funny like um i don't going on tangents again uh there's there's a great bit where him and um oh god what's her name it's um reese witherspoon's character his his fiance evelyn evelyn uh patrick and evelyn are they go on this like little mini vacation for like a couple of weeks to this um one of his one of his friends who i think evelyn is having an affair with uh, they go to like his like beach house that's like I think it's still in New York but it's out of the city it's like out into the country and like they're on this mm-hmm. they're on this like little mini vacation for like a couple of weeks and there's a lot of times where he's like contemplating killing her and he's like doing like these like really just kind of like manic things and it's it's around the time in the in where like if you remember in the movie there's the part where he's like I'm I'm losing who I am I'm starting to lose control I don't know if I can if I can, you know, contain this only at night, like it's starting to slip into my day life and all that. Mm, it's, yes. it's, it's around that part of the plot. And that, that's where it actually starts kind of happening to where he's just like, he's like, I, you know, I can't control this. Um, so there's a lot of part, parts where he's like debating about killing her. There's like, uh, this isn't funny by any means, what I'm about to say, but it's, it's just kind of one of the things that happens. He buys her a dog. He gets annoyed with the dog. So then he kills the dog. And then I think he actually cooks and feeds her the dog. Which gave me some great TV Maxwell flashbacks um, while I was reading it. Uh, but it's like, it's this really weird thing that's only in the book, and I, I got a good little kick out of it. There's like great character moments that are only in the book, and it was a very fun book, but I can't recommend it because it's just so boring in other times, and it's intentionally boring, but that doesn't make it less boring. Um, to round that off, though, that was the book I finished in 2022. The other one that I read in 2022 was I continued reading The Eye of the World, um, which, for context, I didn't say this earlier, it was it's the first book in the Wheel of Time series. And uh, I, I started somewhere in the 60s, and I think I'm now somewhere in the ballpark of, like, 200-something. So I read a lot. I read, like, almost a quarter of the book. It's great. I love it. Yeah, you know, maybe sometime we could, you know, think about moving some moving that or mention Dune. I, I wouldn't mind thinking about moving Dune into this, but that, that that's quite an undertaking. Either one of those. Um, yeah, Dune a little less. So. I think that's true. It's it, it's um, yeah the. It's it's pretty it's pretty dense, but it's it's it, it has it, it's very well paced where you you can get through it, yeah. you know if you just you lock in. Uh, but to kind of bring us back to where where we're supposed to be, we're we're I think we're we I think we should probably start with um, I guess what was your kind of initial impression 
of uh, of Johnny Truant as we kind of see him, you know, in the in the introduction. Oh yes, that's right. We're talking about House of Leaves here. <laughs> that's the whole point of this. That's why we're here. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not too sure how I feel about him yet. Like, um, are we are we are we trying to like stick this? Because I, I there's a lot of things I can say about him, but are we trying to stick this purely to the introduction or just him in general? I guess I guess we could talk about just the introduction as a whole. Okay. Like we could just kind of like because you you get it and it's it's already from the very beginning it's it's you feel it feels very um, it really grabs you. you you like you get there's a very strong he does a very good job Daniel uh, Daniel Lewski does a very good job of like already like there's like a lot of tension and um, like desperation you can you get you get like a very strong sense of like the desperation that that we we find uh, Johnny Truant in, you know, it's it starts with um, I still get nightmares. In fact, I get them so often I should be used to them by now. I'm not. No one ever really gets used to nightmares. For a while, I tried every pill imaginable, trying anything to curb the fear. And then he goes, you know, he goes through like all these kind of medicines, you know, mm-hmm. like Excedrin PM, melatonin. Tryptophan, and then he kind of like it, kind of like you kind of see he's escalating like a a, like like over the counter kind of stuff, and then he's going into like quite a few members of the Barbital family. So he's he's kind of you you really see that he's kind of like uh, a man at the end of his rope, trying to find like some sort of self medication for for the you know this this state that he's in where he can't he's he can't sleep restfully anymore. He's getting these nightmares. I don't. Know, I think. I think they do a really good job of. Uh, that, that's something that you really get a lot of here. Is that it's. It's a good introduction to the character. You see, like the desperation. So you you get all that at the beginning. Um, you know, he's talking about how he's. How he's he's he can't sleep, very well, and then you kind of meet some of the early characters that kind of are, uh, important in the in his. I guess should should we say that he hits. There's two stories here. There's yeah. kind of the story that Zampano is is recounting in the the Navidson record, and the the Johnny Truant. I guess Johnny Truant is kind of the. I guess he's the the main protagonist uh, in a sense because we're the way he is our kind of vantage point into this story. Yeah. Um, so like I, I feel like yeah, like you said, there's like the two stories. Um. There's there's the. I, I would say it's like the House of Leaves proper, which is by um, Zampano. Uh, I hope I'm saying I, that right. I think it's. I think is it, it, it's got the the accent mark slanting down, so wouldn't it be Zampano? I I do, you know more than me, I'm sure. Zampano. Is that? I think so. I think it's close closer to that. So we've we'll, got. We'll 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 figure that out. We'll we'll do a little research. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Once again, I'm white. I have no culture, so you know I'm bad at these things. Um, so we have, like, the House of Leaves proper by Zampano, and then we have, like, the, the B storyline, which is, which is Johnny Truant, like, for lack of a better term, kind of, like, reacting to the House of Leaves, to, like, like, having his little commentary. It's almost like, uh, oh, what's a good way to, what's a good, um, little comparison to have here? Um, I mean, he's, like, the narrator, for lack of a better term, but he's, like, an interjecting narrator that, like, we can go into this in a little bit, but, you know, he has his, like, 
huge tirades that he goes on in the footnotes that can take pages and pages of just has nothing to do with anything, but it's just like, you know, we'll go more into that later. But like, yeah, so he's ostensibly just kind of like an interjector who's like trying to it's almost it's almost like hostile for lack of a better term, like how, how Johnny is in the story. Cause it's, it's, it's almost like, it's, it's like you're watching a movie with a friend and that friend is trying to have a conversation with you while you're watching the movie and you want to watch the movie, but you want to listen to your friend at the same time. So you have this conflicting thing that's happening. And I think that's what Johnny's role is to almost be not necessarily mm-hmm. a spoiler, but like a, detr- not a, dist- a distractor, but like, to to loop back to the introduction, um, yeah, it, it it's it's it feels it feels uh, it's cautionary for sure. It's the you know oh I fell into this hole and now I have I now I'm in a hotel. There's blood on me and not all of it's mine. They you know, turn back now. Uh, you know, don't don't read this book like I did. And it, it's 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 a very cautionary like almost thriller esque kind of thing. Cause I I know this book's not really a thriller. Um, but it almost feels like it's like a thriller introduction into what is ostensibly a postmodern abstractism. I, you know, I, I, I kind of want to get into how what I feel is the the genre maybe at, uh, at some point, but I think because I think that this there you kind of start to see it really in the as you get into the Navidson record, but I guess. What's interesting is you, you kind of mentioned that he's kind of like not necessarily oppositional, but the way he can kind of just go on these these kind of tirades, and I, I think I think that's kind of that's that's one way to read it. The way I kind of have I'm reading it, um, certainly this time around, is it's like to to use your metaphor of of the watching a movie with a friend. It's like watching a movie with somebody that's seen a movie so many times that they can just talk over it, that they, they're, they're, it's, it exists, but it's not like fully, like, like they're free associating over it. Does that, does that kind of yeah. make sense? It's like, there's, um, like there's making, con- oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I, well, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it, it reminds me of this. Actually, this is something that just jumped in my head. It reminds me of when we used to get together on Fridays and watch movies together. Um, uh, like back in like the college years, we'd watch, we'd watch, we'd put on a movie, we'd be watching a movie, and then we'd like pause the movie and we'd, we'd like talk, and we'd either talk about the movie or we'd go off on these huge tangents and tirades, and um, we'd sit there and have the movie paused for you know anywhere between like five minutes and an hour, and then we'd be like, oh yeah, the movie. Then we'd start watching the movie again, and it, it that, that that is actually I, I, that might be a little better than like just the whole like friend talking at you while you're watching the movie because. It's, he's not he's interrupting the book but he's not interrupting the book while it's going he's interrupting the book and it's essentially like pausing the book but yeah it's like it's 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 kind of like that to where it's just like you know you, you're pausing the movie midway through and then you're having a conversation and then you're going back to the movie and it's not necessarily related to the movie all the time you're just like oh yeah anyways and then it gets back to that which i think is really funny when it happens um during the water heater bit because it's just like the water heater's on the fritz, and then, like, it just kind of cuts to this whole story, and then it's back, then, then like, after reading, like, two or three pages worth of just some story, I think it, that's the one that's about, um, was that the pit boxer one? It, it might have been, but, yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of an interesting kind of uh, thing about Johnny, is it, he grows, 
he's kind of a, a strange character. Um, he's he's kind of um, he, you could tell he's one of these kind of marginal uh, guys that just li- lives in like the the Los Angeles area. They kind of on the fringes, not necessarily you know an upstanding citizen, but he's 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 oddly charming. Um, even in the the flashback sequences, um, he's he always. I'm I'm not I, I I would wonder how this is going to last. My impressions of the character over the 700 plus pages that this book lasts, but I, my my initial kind of impressions of him when I'm not kind of looking at him with pity at the beginning here, when seeing him, you know, struggling, you know, like with with his, you know, clearly at, at, at the the bleeding edge of sanity. But he's he's kind of a an oddly charismatic and charming guy, and I think that's something that I you know I'll, I'll I mention I've taken some notes here you know to mention as we as we kind of get through the book, um, you know these these moments where I think there is more to Johnny Truant than what there you would in, immediately assume like this kind of dissipated party guy in Los Angeles struggling to hold down a job in a tattoo parlor. You know? Yeah. Which um to, um to kind of uh to, to kind of uh take everything you just said and throw it into into doubt, I feel like um I, I don't think this is a, a crazy thought. He is a very much an unreliable narrator. Cause he tells us in like the first major tirade he goes on the, the first major aside, it's about him lying. It's like, you know, oh these these um Lude was sitting there cutting these women's all of these women's hair in the bar and then you know we went we went into this whole lie about why I have um this chip on my tooth my my tooth chips I was a pit boxer and you know we uh like you know I was I was winning every fight but uh, I what I didn't know was that uh, the, uh punching bag my my handler for lack of a better term was um was fixing the fights and now I was supposed to lose and um but like the whole thing he's just like oh you know that was a lie and then there was like the other one. Well, it's it, that's interesting because um, when you when when he's talking about that, he here let me let me find because that's 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 in the the water heater section. Okay. Um, yeah. While while you're finding that, uh, just to kind of like round off the thought. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Then there's the there's him talking about. Uh, oh, to add to my point, he met he he says in there that. He's like, oh, isn't it a coincidence that my hot water isn't working now? Well, actually, it isn't because I added heater to to Zampano's original text, which said, hey, the original text was, hey, the water, hey, the water's on the fritz, was the original line. But then Johnny added heater. So now it's, hey, the water heaters on the fritz. So um, to to that plus like the the lying about the um, uh, lying about the uh. The pit boxing to the women, uh, to try and you know get some chicks, get some uh, get laid, and then the uh, the story about um, working with the uh, what was it the Korean jiu jitsu in Idaho, and then yeah that 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 little bit <laughs> having to having to pick up the uh, the boiling hot thing with his arms and that's why he's got the burns on his arms. Uh, like, you know, it's like all of those things you put together to where it's like, we have this idea of Johnny Truant that he has given us, but like, I don't think we're supposed to trust that that's actually who Johnny Truant is, even when he's being upfront and saying, 
this was a lie. This is a story I tell just to try and make myself seem cooler than I am for the women. I feel like that's supposed to also plant seeds of doubt that we're not necessarily supposed to believe what he's saying when he's not uh, claiming to be just making up stories for women. And mm-hmm. I think I think the whole thing to where he's and once again this is something he admits, but I think this is something intentional with the whole like I added heater to the line to where now it's the water heater is on the fritz instead of the water is on the fritz. Like it's I think mm-hmm. we're supposed to be doubting Johnny Truant as a character so far because he is someone that we cannot trust. And I think we get hints of that in the introduction with the you know him with the realization that we it, it's very much a um kind of a, a one to 100 kind of thing because it's like the, oh yeah me and my friend uh you know he lived next to this dude the, this old man the old man died we went we found this book in his house it's just you know leaflets that i kind of put together and i you know oh i'd read through it every couple of weeks for 20 minutes to an hour and then it was suddenly oh it's been weeks and i've been reading it and i didn't even realize i haven't talked to anybody and now i'm in his hotel room i'm covered in blood it's not all mine so you know we get this these we, we, we start kind of in the, in the introduction even that, like, Johnny Truant is not necessarily someone we should be trusting. Because it's like, why are you mm-hmm. why are you in this hotel? Why do you have someone else's blood on you? What did you do? What have you done? Like, what? why did this happen because of essentially scraps of paper that he found and got uh, invested in? And then, on to, and then once we start reading, we get the, the lies, the additions, and the kind of larger than life kind of setting he puts himself in because even when you just take out the stories that he's telling the the pit boxer and the the jujitsu or the karate whatever it was um you have these things that are bringing up questions that he's not answering how did your tooth get chipped how do you how did the the burn scars on your arms come about you know it, it has those questions that he's like essentially having us ask without it's it's drawing attention to it without directly drawing attention to it instead of him being like look at this scar i've got ain't this a crazy scar it's him being like so i told this story to these people about how i got this scar but this story isn't true so now you're just sitting there thinking well how did you get it like where where did it come from but he's not telling Mm -hmm. us he's not telling us intentionally and it's there's a lot of doubt in my head about johnny truant as a character as to who he is and how much we should be believing even when he is being quote-unquote honest with us yeah i i i think that's something that's that's going to be interesting is trying to figure when you're parsing this i guess this book as a whole is figuring out what 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 is is actually happening within the context of the story and what what is like a, a fabrication uh an illusion a distortion whether that's that's um, and I would say it's it's probably it's highly possible that even Zempano is is uh, is not fully um, reliable either, because well, I, th- this is even within the the context of the story. Um, it, it's it, it, Johnny mentions that he tries to like look things look some of these things up. Uh, these footnotes, these, you know, or, or the Navidson record itself, the, the film, and he's not able to find it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That, that's another thing, too, with uh, Zampano specifically, 
is um is yeah the uh he's sitting there writing all of these things like they're real and as far as we're aware so far they're not um which i actually if there was something that existed on the internet now it, it's been 20 it's been almost 23 years since uh the book was originally published so i was wanting to to actually like look up and see if somebody actually made either like an amateur on youtube or you know some like indie production company or something like made these things like the um the uh it was experimentation number four is that what, what uh, expedition expedition number four and um the five minute hallway well, I was I, that's something that I wanted to talk about when we got there, but it, it kind of that some of these things they they kind of um, they kind of predate they they kind of prefigure what you see a lot now on the internet. These kind of uh, this this new wave of horror, you know, like in the past they had the things like the creepy pasta, mm-hmm. right? And this is this is kind of like I've seen it referred to as analog horror, and you see these things like these these fake um, PSAs. Um, you know, the, you know, this is the government, do not go outside and look at the moon, you know, that kind of, you know, but it's, it's, it's couched and it's, it's edited in kind of such a way that it looks like a fairly credible, like old PSA and things like the, the back rooms. Um, that was a, a fairly popular internet horror. I guess it was a video at first, but I think there was also a, a, a video, a game, um, about, about entering into this kind of, unending hallway like uh, where you you go in and it's it's the inside is not equivalent to the size of the outside you're just kind of like in wandering through these endless hallways and i think that's kind of um i think this this book really kind of prefigures that in a very interesting way that it's it's very ahead of its time yeah I, i think the only thing around that time period that was um close to like that is um okay i had to google it to make sure i'm saying the right thing here uh ted the caver um though i think i think ted the caver yeah i want to say it was 2000 or 2001 i'm looking at this is this is on the first thing that came up was creepypasta.com uh let me try and find something uh more uh, not creepypasta, something that actually references when it originally was released. But it, it, it it's 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 almost kind of like you know I don't want to say it's like a creepypasta because creepypasta implies a lot of like amateur horror and uh, a lot of like just kind of bad writing. To to be brutally honest, there's a lot like most creepypasta is just bad writing. Um. But in that similar vein, like it, it is kind of that. It's almost like found footage, but like it's a found book instead of found footage. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the the difference being here is we have somebody who is like telling us, talking to us as we are going through this found footage, for lack of a better term. But yeah, okay, it was two thousand one for Ted the Caver. Uh, was when that came out. That it, it it feels similar to something like that. Do you know? Are you aware of Ted the Caver, by the way? I've I've heard the name, um, but for some reason I, I don't remember. I don't recall what that what all that was. Um, it was a very early, not early internet. It was two thousand one. Um, still kind of early internet. It's early mass internet. Early like mass adoption of the internet. Yeah, 
Um, it was this dude named Ted who had this like, it's kind of like a blog, kind of like a website. I, I don't remember exactly, but it was he was a caver. He you know he'd go into to cave, he would explore caves and take pictures, and uh, it was kind of like this blog that he had where he was writing about this cave that he was going into, and he it would be like updates every so often where he would just talk about this cave. Like there was this particular cave that he found that he was really interested in, that he was really wanting to go and explore and map out. You know, there was like the he wanted to be the first to 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 find these runes and and all this other stuff, and then like it's it's all of these weird and creepy things start kind of happening with each of the updates. And he has pictures and he has diagrams, and at one point he like finds this. Uh, there's like this. It's 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 like a, a, a like a button in the wall that opens up a a passageway in the wall that leads to like some new area. And it, it's it's a whole thing. It's it's actually I, I, I personally really like it. It's it's a really fun kind of like thriller kind of story, like kind of horror because there there I think there is a creature at one point. Uh, but like it ends with him saying, "Okay." Uh, I, at one point, I think he, it's him and a friend. They're going in, and then I, I I think the final update is like he's just like, "Okay, I'm going back. Uh, I'm going back in tomorrow." Uh, I'll come back and I'll give you, uh, I'm going to go further than I've ever gone. I'll take pictures and all this other shit. And then like, that's the final update. Hmm. So it, it's a cliffhanger, but it's like, it's a, you know, you, you know, you, it builds up enough to where it's like, it's ostensibly like, oh, there's a creature there. there it's a dangerous cave as it is. And when he's like, I'm going back in and I'll update you guys when I come back. And then the story ends there. You can get an idea of what actually happened. And it has like a kind of like it's like a bittersweet kind of like unsatisfied, satisfied ending. Mm -hmm. So it, it uh, yeah. to round it back to House of Leaves, it, it reminds me of kind of something like that with like with the um the five minute five and a half minute hallway and the exploration number four. It reminds me of something like Ted the Caver, which is something around that time period, and then leads into the Navidson Project, which I guess. Navidson or the Navidson record would be that might be a little more like Blair Witch than anything else to be a little more of that's a... that's kind of what I was also going to say is it it is kind of very of a piece with the the kind of nascent um I guess like like you're saying it, it's kind of like the found let's just broadly term it the found genre like found footage found found website media. found 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 media there we go. Uh, this is a kind of a found book, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think the the intro it does kind of set us up in a very interesting way. Like he, we we um, we kind of get a, a kind of a glimpse into the lifestyle that Johnny is living um, before uh, before the the events. You know, as he's like before he becomes engrossed in the book. You know, he's kind of living this party lifestyle. He's hanging out with the, the like these uh, strippers, and you know, he's, he's he's not really working like he's he's not like like too like a like a nose to the grindstone kind of guy. He's just kind of guy living on the margins. Um, you kind of see like the the people that he knows, like um, like uh his friend Lute, which is like the the most the the most um, frequently mentioned, I guess, person. In, in all in his flashbacks, um, is his is a close friend of his. He just seems to kind of be like this this club guy, and his name even is you know a drug, you know quaalude, you know. Yeah. 
and, and that's but that's actually who who introduces him uh, in, in a manner of speaking to Zampano uh, is he's Lud Zampano the the character who is writing uh, the the um, the book that that we are reading the uh, the Navidson record he he lives at the the same apartment complex uh, that Lude lives at and um, he he kind of he kind of meets he kind of, it's someone that he they're not like super close but they kind of know each other like uh, from around yeah he's so like says, that um, he's that like um the, the the like not necessarily that he's friends with everybody, but everybody knows him because he has like a history, like kind of like a, almost like a legacy in 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 that apartment complex. Yeah, like he's he's one of those tenants. Like if you, I'm sure you've lived at an apartment complex where you know somebody that's like, yeah, I've lived here for 20 years, and it's like, Jesus, <laughs> yeah, and and you know he they you just you're like you're saying you you know them, they're they're around, they they. They are a fixture in that, and you, you kind of talk to them from time to time, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, but the way we we kind of see, we Zampano is um is is basically we we basically see him. And I think one of the first things we see about him is then the old man died, so. <laughs> He, he Zampano as as a living figure is not really very present in this story. Like we see little snippets of him, like he, you see, you hear him to like talking to people. You see, like he like cats like him. They're saying that, that at one point they were saying that cats would come up and rub on his legs and stuff. And but he's there, but he's not really um, he's not really in the present in this book as a living character which is kind of an interesting thing yeah uh you reminded me of the um the cats starting to uh to disappear and then like uh they find one like in pieces right like they find it like just like dead uh, do you remember what page that, that was it's in the uh it's in the introduction here we go on on page xd um the first procu- peculiar thing who told me leading the way around the, uh, the short flight of stairs uh, were the cats. Apparently in the months preceding the old man's death, the cats had begun to disappear. By the time he died, they were all gone. I saw one with its head ripped off and another with its guts strewn all over the sidewalk. Mostly, though, they just vanished. But, uh, like, the Zampanome, I guess to kind of give him, like, a little bit of a a rap here, is, like, he's this very strange guy um, he's an he's he was pretty old. He was um, according to Lude here at the beginning of chapter or the page XIV is um, he just Lude says he's 80 years old, um, no wife, no kids, no nobody at all, not even a friend. So he's he's um, he's kind of this like this loner guy that he's just and he's also described as. Uh, as blind, he's a blind uh, man. Most of the book, or it says half here, half of the books he owned were in Braille. Yeah, that's. And he's he's kind of like, good. That's another thing that's that's interesting is um. He's described so he's written this book. So what we're reading is Zapano's um, interpretation, I guess, of all of this stuff, 
and like he gets into some pretty vivid details here, you know, like the way that um Navidson is like the way he looks, like the way he's like he stare the way that his wife like stares at him like wistfully and all this other stuff. This dude's blind. Yeah, that's that's something that uh, Johnny actually mentions. I think here in the the introduction, even he says that he's he he's kind of a he, the way he interprets it is is kind of like he's a kind of a joker. Like he's like these are kind of it's like it's like um like black humor. Let me see if I can. Okay, he hadn't seen a thing since his mid fifties. That's that's something that he says on uh, page twenty twenty one. Zampano writes constantly about seeing, what we see, how we see, and in turn what we can't see, over and over again. He returns to the subject of light, space, shape, line, color, focus, tone, contrast, movement, rhythm, perspective, and composition, none of which is surprising considering Zampano's piece centers on the documentary film called The Navidson Record, uh, made by a Pulitzer Prize-winning photojournalist. Who, some, who's, who must somehow capture the most difficult subject of all, the side of darkness itself. Um, so it's it's like he's, and then it goes into the part where he's he's blind as a bat. So it's, it's that's the thing, is he's he's kind of, um, Zampano is, he's this blind man that's kind of writing this, I guess, literary, not necessarily literary criticism, because it's not, this, this sort of, Scholarly criticism, I guess, is the best like way to put treatise. it. Of this, yeah, of, of this, um, of of the uh, this supposed documentary. Yeah, so it, it, I guess, it lends a little more credence to um, the idea, the, the 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 lack of any way to, you know, the the fake sources, the uh, the untraceable movie. Like it just kind of lends more credence to that that we're essentially reading a work of fiction inside of a work of fiction. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a metafiction of, of sorts. I, but I just want to hit this line again, just real real quick, um, where it says, um, "Zampano knew from the get go that what's real or what isn't real doesn't matter here. The consequences are the same." And I think that's, insofar as you can have a thesis for a novel, I think that just based on you know the the book's reputation. And and where we're at in the story is, it, I feel like that is a very strong kind of. It's almost Danielewski himself, and I think that's something that I've kind of picked up on. Is um, Johnny Tru Truant? Um, he kind of acts almost as seemingly as a mouthpiece for Danielewski himself. Go ahead. A self insert. Maybe not necessarily. Be. Like we, we don't know. Who this person, who the author is, as a person, but like, um, like a self-insert as like a, like you know, a, like, like uh, I, I, I don't know if it's worth going into that spoiler. I think, I think, but that, I think there's there's something to that. I mean, I think there's things that he will say that I think they they are things that the author wants you to take away, and I think that's that's very much one of them. Is like this, you know, that he wants you to take away. That there, this this sort that this is a very um, very postmodern story in a lot of ways. Yeah, would like you... truth and non-truth are, are are maybe functionally just there is not really a, a, a true 
It's it's a dis- a difference, a distinction without a difference. To put it a certain way, it does kind of go back to the whole point of that. Like this is not necessarily about the plot that it's telling; it's about how it's telling the plot. Yeah, yeah, and I think this book is very successful, at least to my point of view. Is in, in like it, it it is very engaging uh, stylistically and. And, and even if we we are not able to fully um, believe the events, even within the world itself, you know, uh, th- through the, uh, the the use of we're, we're seeing this through the lens of two unreliable narrators, Sempano and um, and Johnny. They are both unreliable in their own ways, and so it's we're we're not necessarily even seeing what what we're seeing is like. Um, is yeah, it's 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 not it's almost not even third hand. It's um it's it's like fourth hand, and it's kind of interesting from that perspective. But uh, anyway, it's just a, I kind of put a little wrapper on Zampano, who is the who is kind of the uh, who is the narrator of the of the Navidson record. Is he um he's he's also kind of similar to Johnny in the sense that he's uh, he's very um. He's very he, he seeks out the com- he, company of like the the opposite sex. He seeks out he relationships, not necessarily a romantic nature, but but with women. It's it's kind of an interesting thing. Like he's um he it, it mentions that he's he's a you know he's he is a blind gentleman and he has these people come the, these readers come they 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 volunteer they're the UCLA students and they they volunteer and they read to him. But he exclusively is – he asks for that, that young women come to read. And I think that's, that's kind of an interesting thing. It's like that you kind of it's, – it's telling about him as a character. You know, it's like about what, what he's – he may not be a uh, – how to put this? He's, he didn't have maybe a family of himself, but he is kind of like – I think he views himself as someone that has a um, – like a, a special connection with women, you know. Yeah. But I think I think we're we're getting close to wrapping up on this uh, on the on the intro here. Um, one of the things that I, I caught both in the like it, it's kind of interesting here at the, the that I thought was going to be a lot bigger of a deal <clears throat> is they they make a um, I was expecting there to be more references to music because it says here. There's a reference to the Rolling Stones on uh, page XVII. I, of course, curiosity killed the cat, and even if su- satisfaction supposedly brought it back, there's still that little problem with the man on the radio telling me more and more about some useless information. But I didn't care. I just turned the radio off. And then we go into chapter one, and the, the, you have the, uh, the, the opening there underneath the where the, the I of chapter one is. It's a quote from the Beatles. It's, I saw a film today. Oh, boy. Um, so I, th- I, th- I think that's kind of in- it's, that's kind of interesting that, it's, that we have all these musical references. I would like to see, um, as we go through the book, if that becomes, that's like a, a touch piece or whether that's just kind of a, uh, a coincidence to, to see these kind of early um references that, that would be called an epigraph right 
I, I think so. Yeah, I think that's 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 how how you would turn the uh, the use of the quote there. Yeah, it's, it's used as part of the ep- the, the epigraph for the uh, for the chapter. What a what a weird one too. <laughs> I you know it makes sense. Navison record. I saw a film today. Oh boy. Um, what a weird what a weird one though. Just to pull a random line from a day in the life. Yeah. But I I, I kind of kind of like it. Um. One thing, I guess, last last little bit I want to hit about the introduction is that the word we, we you see from the very first page of the introduction, page XI, is we see the first blue house. So I, I think that's interesting that even I, that 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 started so soon. That's something that kind of caught me by surprise because that's something like I said, I've, I've, I did uh, read part of this book before. And I, I'd forgotten that it's like this motif kind of the it exists there from the very beginning. And that's something I would like to kind of puzzle out. And maybe as we get further into the book, what is the significance? Well, I know what the significance of the word house is. That is the um, that is the whole the, the phenomenon within the house is the is the point of the Navidson record. But what is the the uh, point of house being blue? Why why is it blue every time we see it? Um, even as part of a different word within, or, and and often e- and even in other languages, um, house is in that that blue yeah. color. I would like to kind of in German figure out. Yes, um, I'd like to know why why blue. You know, is there like is there some sort of significance there? Um, but uh, the, the, anyways, I guess we'll, we can go ahead and get started about, uh, chapter one. Yeah. It's, it's been an hour. Are you ready to start chapter one? See, I think it's interesting that from, from the very beginning here, the chapter one, the first, um, footnote, excuse me, footnote one is a topic more carefully considered in chapter nine. So yeah. like from the very beginning, this book has you kind of like. There are footnotes, even often within footnotes, so that you will you, you can really. I don't know. You can basically get lost within the footnotes themselves. Yeah. You know, it's that that's that's kind of an interesting thing. That's kind of one of the the postmodern kind of things that he he does here is he kind of uses footnotes to. To reference. Thing some some like scholarly articles or books that may or may not be real. Uh, some of them are. I did do a little research. That's something that I would like to see. I'm sure someone has done it. Is like I would like to see what some of these references are that are real, and what are some of these references that are fake. You know that don't exist. And there's even one that I want to talk about later. What is fake? Fake. What is a fake reference that somebody has made um, in the real world to kind of accompany them? That's that's something that towards the end of our conversation we can kind of get into because there's I think in chapter in chapter four I discovered one of those um, when I when I tried to run down one of these references I, I came across some interesting things there. Yeah, um, one thing I loved about some of these references that I'm I'm decently confident are fake. I haven't done the research, but it's just an assumption on my part. Is um, 
like it'll be like a reference. Uh, the, the the footnote will 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 call the reference um a part in the in the chapter where it's like talking about like some very specific like some specific moment. It's like uh whether or not I think one of them was about like whether or not uh Navidson's wife actually loved him. What was what? Yeah, I think one of the things was someone called her like a slut or something. And it's like you get you get the mm-hmm. uh the footnote and like the name of the book is like something that is very specifically tied to what that passage was that the footnote is re- referencing referencing in the chapter itself and it, it's it's oh god i okay let me see if i can find a quickly find an example cuz i didn't jot anything down but it, it's it's funny because like you get you get like like i'm just going to make something up because i can't think of the perfect example but it, you know, it'd be like, oh, so and so lied about. They lied about their pizza topping, and then there's like the footnote. <laughs> the footnote be, would be referencing a book called "Lying About Pizza Toppings," and it's page two hundred and sixty-three. And it's like, I don't think, I don't think that that a that that book exists, and b that you would have a book with that subject matter that's just so perfectly about what you're referencing with the footnote that's this long, and not just like if anything an essay. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the the footnotes, and I think that kind of ref, that's kind of going back to Johnny's characterization of Zampano is like this. Um, he he Zampano is kind of a funny guy. He's kind of a he's 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 like dry. That I think that's that's an attempt by the character of Zampano to kind of have like a a little bit of a dry humor that amuses himself. You know. Yeah. But uh, see, I guess let's kind of look here. It says, okay, so, so when when Sampano is introducing the Navidson record here, it's it's pretty clear that with I'm not sure we'll we'll just we'll just take the take Zampano's framing that for the purposes of this part of the discussion that the Navidson record is real at least within the context of the book itself. Um. He 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 describes it as something that it's it's a subject of heated scholarly debate. Not necess- not just um, like the the in the context, like you were saying, like the context of like of what is happening, like the like in the analysis. The, there is debate within the world of the story about whether or not um, this the the documentary the Navidson record is. Or is not a hoax, um, and I think that's kind of interesting. That that adds like a, a third level almost of of uh, what is true, what is not true. Is like the, this this whole thing may in fact, and that, uh, clearly Zampano believes it to be a be true, certainly with to this point in the story. But it is a, it is yet another layer of of obfuscation of. What isn't true? What it what what is or what is not true? Yeah, I, I just wanted. I found an example real quick that I find kind of funny. Yeah. So in, in retrospect, this is on page sixteen and seventeen. Um, in retrospective, the rabid speculation over Karen's infidelity seems driven, but and by principle, by a principality, ugh, driven by a principal, principally. I can't read today. Oh my god, I can't talk today. Rather, uh, seems driven by. A principally sexist culture, especially since so little attention was paid to Davidson's Navidson's role in their relationship, as David Liddell 
once exclaimed, quote, If he has horns, who's to say he doesn't have hooves? And the footnote is A Horny Duo by David Liddell. <laughs> Page yeah, so 78. I, I, found, I found that quite amusing myself. I, I just Googled it. There is no such thing as A Horny Duo by David Liddell. But is there uh, something called an uh, Utney Reader? Uh, I just I just closed my book. Can you spell that for me real quick? U T N E. U T N E. Yeah, U T N E. Uh. The the would it be Utney or Utney. I don't know. Uh, it is a real thing. First issue date nineteen eighty four. It is a digital digest that collects and reprints articles on politics, culture, and the environment generally from alternative media sources, including journals, newsletters, weeklies, zines, music, and DVDs. I think it's interesting, too, that you, you see here from the beginning. All right, so there's this kind of debate on whether or not the Navidson record is like a, a, a well-made hoax or whether it is true within the context of the story. Um, oh, this is all within I the context this, of the story? Yes, because uh, here it's talking about while enthusiasts, enthusiasts and detractors will continue to empty entire dictionaries trying to describe or deride it, authenticity uh, still remains the most likely word to stir debate. It's, like, it's this idea that, that within the world of the story, we'll call it Zampano's story, not necessarily the, the outer story of of uh, Johnny looking at the book itself as it's within the world of the story, the Zampano story, there is, there's controversy over the, whether or not the events of the book are real or not real. And, um, and I think that's kind of, it's kind of interesting that, that it's, it's like this. Um, unfortunately, out of those who accept its validity, many tend to swear allegiance to tabloid UFO sightings. Um, clearly it is not easy to appear credible when after vouching for the film's verity the, dis the discourse suddenly switches to why Elvis is still alive and probably wintering in the Florida Keys yes it is it, it, we, are, we are seeing something within the context of his story we are seeing something that, that is filmed but there, there's, there's yet still this sort of like disbelief about it and it's it kind of it's, it's interesting and it kind of calls to mind this idea that's even that's only more relevant now is this idea of like with the advent of like digital the digital world and like how images can be manipulated using computers and and you know photography it's like it creates it's it's like um it's it feeds back into this further theme of what is reality? What can what can we truly know? What can we really trust? You you know that kind of thing. Yeah. But yes, it it, it kind of uh, I don't know. It, it, he describes he describes the Navidson record further as uh, hold on um, the Navidson record as as he as it exists in their world, I guess didn't really pop up fully formed. That it was preceded by the release of. The five and a half minute hallway, um, which, which is, which was, I, I, I'm trying to wonder 
do you happen to know or do you remember where that that sort of dis- the initial dissemination of that happened like how how that how people started to discover it um this the, it was like VH t- VHS tapes that were going around that's right is and and I think there was something particularly striking about the idea of the VHS tape because subsequent dubbings you're getting copies of copies there's like this loss of visual fidelity and that that's kind of that's a, that's another kind of piece of this um which i think that is actually this, brought up with the copies on copies yeah that, that's what i mean is like it, it kind of it, it's it, it feeds into this this idea about um you know the about reality and how how in the retelling in recounting of these things, that they become distorted further. Yeah, it's like a game of telephone. See, oh, there's a uh, on on page four. This is the, the, we're still very early on in chapter one. Um, we we kind of get Johnny's first um, Johnny's first. Uh, we see the time we we see for the first time him interacting with Sampano via his his footnotes because a lot of these footnotes. Are the footnotes of of Zampano himself, but some of these footnotes, as you've kind of mentioned before, are Johnny kind of having a discourse either with you, the reader, or with the text itself. And here he's he's translating, he's helpfully translating this uh, Italian phrase that I will not attempt to um, to replicate here. But he is he's he's finding he's like this is from Milton's Paradise Lost. And, um, and it's the famous line, before me nothing was created but eternal, um, but things and but uh, before me nothing was created but eternal things and I endure eternally, abandon hope, or abandon every hope ye that enter. And uh, this is also kind of interesting because we also see underneath that we see um, the editors. Um, they, they are a lot less frequent that we see in the story. Um, usually when it's somebody talking to us, it is either Zampano or Johnny, but this but occasionally the editors will come in and they they are always following follow their um their input with dash the editors. Yeah they sign so off. So it's um what? They they have a sign off. Yes. <laughs> they kinda they kinda they kind of uh, sign all of their contributions, but uh, they they also and this is something that we didn't mention earlier, but I'm sure most people that you know if, if they're you know they're interested in the story they're 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 aware that Johnny's contributions they they are in a different uh, font, whereas I think the most of the book is probably Times New Roman. If I had to guess, I'm not the font. Yeah, expert. they they say Johnny's, they say that with yeah. Page four, the editors. He, he's in Courier, and, and everything else is in Times. Yes. Okay, that's right. Um. Let's see, so so we get. I guess let's. Do you kind of want to recount um, what what the? Uh, I guess before I let you do a little more plot recounting. Now that I think about it, is that this line? There's this this passage here that was pretty striking it's um many many even today many people still feel the navidson record in spite of all those existential refinements and contemporary illusions 
continues to reflect those exact statements. In fact, uh, a few eager intellectuals have already begun to treat the film as a warning in and of itself, perfectly suited to hanging above the gates of such schools as architectonics, popomo, consequentialism, neoplasticism, phenomenology, uh, information theory, Marxism, biosemiotics, to say nothing of psychology, medicine, New Age spirituality, art, and even neo-minimalism. Um, so, so I did a little bit of a uh, little research because some of those things I'm familiar with, and some of those things I'm not. Um, I just, I kind of, th one of the ones that I was not familiar with that I, I would like to do a little more research in is architectonics, yeah, the that's, science that's of one. architecture. Go ahead. That's, that's a weird one. That is very weird, but I think it is very fitting within the context, and I'm just going to can can we just comfortably say that we that that this is this is a a going to be a pretty spoilerific in in our discussion. Oh yeah, that's um, the whole point. Okay, I, I just want to say that the, that that is that that the architectonics is interesting because the context of the story taking place within a house that is shifting, expanding, and contracting, being larger on the inside than it appears on the outside, you know, that kind of thing. So I think that that's kind of an interesting uh, thing to be there. Um, another thing, the, the next school that they mentioned, and I don't think this is necessarily like a, well, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I was not able to, to really nail down what, what this is a school of, of was it of maybe literature or, or of art, like some sort of art movement, but it's Popomo. What I got from that was like this is it's, it's like disc is those. It seems to be related to works that are discursive of this idea of meaninglessness, which I think ties in nicely with this the sort of like um, the the, the this sort of theses that we've kind of mentioned within the book itself up to this point. Um. And then the next the next school it mentions here is consequentialism, and this kind of is shifting. Um, the first, it, I guess, the it, it's it's yet another kind of discipline here that we're looking at. Consequentialism being that the moral philosophy uh, where the ends justify the means, that sort of thing. It's it's uh, so so it becomes a, like a, another discipline um, of philosophy, uh, neoplasticism. And that's, this is something that I, I actually spoke to uh, our good friend Nikolai about that I would love to have on, uh, you know, have on for our discussion about uh, uh, if we if we do some other books later, um, we we can talk about that at another point. But he's he was I, he was very helpful where he talked about neoplasticism. It's a it's it was an art movement that um, kind of tied in with the. Uh, do you you know the um, the the White Stripes album Distill, right? You, can you can you kind of picture that album in your mind? Uh, like like how the album flows, or like the album cover? The album cover. Uh, no, not off the top of my head. Let me look it up real quick. Okay, yeah, yeah, you go ahead and look that up. But it, it's it was like an art movement. Um, okay, yeah, that one. That, yeah, and you've seen paintings that look like that, correct? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, so it's kind of tied into like 
Uh, it was it was a lot of like a uh, Dutch art movement, like distill, and you you get artists like Mondrian and and that sort of thing. And they're they're kind of their their whole thing was creating this new style of of abstraction that was at the same time very concrete. Um, it's you know you have a lot of like simple colors like the primary colors in black and white uh, with with the, the use of a lot of like geometric shapes and grids um, but it's so it has these very concrete distinct building blocks of of like artistic visual artistic expression but arrayed in such a way that it was very abstract in and of itself um and that's kind of that's kind of what what I got from this. So that I, I would like to see how, like these how how that that ties into the later events of the plot. Like so so, just these ideas of like these elemental features, like arranged in a way that is abstract or like difficult to to uh, ascertain a direct meaning from. Uh, let's see, what, what were the other schools? Phenomenology, the study of consciousness and experience. Um, information theory, the scientific study of communication, quant uh, the scientific study of the quantification, storage, and communication of information. Uh, Marxism, which is, you know, the uh, socioeconomic analysis that, that is a, a materialist interpretation of, uh, of of historical development and uh, and the and the dialectical uh, relationships of uh, class and social conflict. Um, that's something that I think is kind of interesting. That would I'm I'm kind of curious about how that um, how that later kind of comes into play, or if that's just kind of a um, like an academic non sequitur, because you know Marxism it is rooted in this sort of materiality and this is a very metaphysical uh story at least to this point you know it's it's very abstract very metaphysical uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna wrap up here in a second now biosemiotics which is the idea that life is based on semiosis um which is signs and codes um i guess I guess the, uh, the it, it, which is kind of I think probably was gaining prominence at, at this time because this was around the the era of like cloning and like a lot of things related to and like the the, the advent of like DNA within um, the context of like resolving crimes and that kind of thing. So it, it's like this idea of like signs and codes based in you know biological signs and codes having some sort of, uh, I guess, valence on the world around it. And uh, let's see, last, last little bit here. Um, I th those were, actually, you know, that's it for me. Those, those were the ones that I, I found uh, meaningful enough to kind of like do a little digging, you know, read, read about a little bit just to see if I could kind of picture how they might uh, come into play as, this, as the story uh, gets going. Um, but if I guess if you want, you could, if you, you we could talk about um, the uh, five and a half minute hallway, if you want, or or we could just, I guess, where 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 would you like 
what, what would you like to talk about it as because i feel like i've i've talked a lot over <laughs> the past 30 or so minutes yeah no it's it's all good um I, I definitely trust you to talk more about things like that than me so the five and a half minute hallway and expedition number mm-hmm. four in terms of the timeline of the Navidson record that's like further than where we're at right by 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 the end of chapter four Yes, yes, I, w- I would say so because at the to <clears throat> I want to bring it bring us back here, but I just wanted to just to describe what happens at the end of chapter four. That the end that through chapter four, they're kind of looking like, wow, there's this is half an inch or quarter of an inch larger inside than it is outside. What what's what's the deal with that? Um, <clears throat> that kind of ends with that that being resolved and like, okay, never mind, we figured it out. Here we got all the measurements there lining up. And then, um, like, uh, the character of Tom, uh, Navidson's brother, and we, we should probably talk about Navidson here in a second, um, he knocks over a book, and they discover, like, a whole foot of space has opened up behind a bookcase. Yeah. So so that that's something that's um, – so I, I think – what that, if, and the, the characters react strongly to that, so I would think that the, this this five minute hallway that they're not reacting as strongly to in context is it happens after the point where they've become maybe not desensitized totally, but they are more aware of what's going on. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's just such a great little piece of um of like subtle storytelling with the because you have like that one kind of just it's 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 basically just an offhand comment. It, it's it's not. I don't know if I want to say subtle, because if you're, you know, if you're actually just paying attention to what you're reading, you're gonna, you're gonna figure out, you know, why it is the way it is. But you know, she has the bit where, like, the she grabs a book from the bookshelf, and all of them domino over, and uh, the the friend that's over there, she's like, oh wow, that's convenient, and she's like, yup, oh that's you, know, you don't need a book stopper when you got walls, and then at the end of the chapter. Like, you know, the dude hits the books, and they domino, and then they fall over, and then it's like, that's how you, it, it's a way of telling you, it, it's, it, it, I feel like it's really tough in a book to do show, don't tell, but that was, like, a really great <laughs> way of doing that, because it's like, now, when, when the bookshelf was brought up earlier, almost as kind of, like, an aside, it's like, the, oh, yeah, that's why we got walls instead of book stoppers, ha, 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 and then you have, like, <laughs> the, end the, the end of the chapter, where it's like, the wall didn't stop the book. And now it's like, oh shit! And then you have it exactly. ends with her screaming. It's 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 a great it's a great way of doing a show don't tell in a book where you can't really show. That that's just really cool. I I that that was a really cool way to to like make use of that. I I I thought. I I very much agree with that. Um, I thought that was though, and it's 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 a very. It. it I guess I can go ahead and just say this now because we're talking about the five and a half minute hallway and that kind of thing. I think I would describe this book and the, the, what, what we, cause the, 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 the Navidson record is, is this, is the, this recounting of this very strange and unsettling house that is, you know, that, that, that does not seem to like the laws of physics and, and of, of science. They don't really seem to apply here. And I, I, that that seems to be to this point uh, the main source of, um, for lack of a better word, creepiness. 
because I think this book can be fairly described at least as as somewhat of a horror novel not not like maybe strictly speaking but there is like a lot of like things that are meant to be unsettling um and I don't mean this within the context of the story I mean like the author Daniel Lewski is telling you these things and the idea is that it will unsettle you um I, I think this this is a I don't know if this is a term or whether I'm just making this up, but it doesn't strike me as a, a specific kind of horror um, as, as is often understood. It's, it's almost like it's a, a, a different genre unto itself. It's like this, there's, there's not like a, to this point, like a scary creature or there's, although they do reference like feeling like they're being watched or something like that. But there, there's, there's not like a, um, there's not anything that's, specific it's like a phenomenological that's probably not a word but like the the, the phenomenon is, the, the the strange phenomenon is the source of the horror not like an antagonist strictly speaking you know yeah but yeah i think this this five and a half minute hallway like i kind of mentioned earlier is is sort of a forerunner to uh contemporary like horror things which are similar in their their sort of phenomenological horror is like things like the the back rooms um like it, it's it's kind of i think this is this when we're when he's talking about the five and a half in the hallway here it's a it's kind of a it's interesting because it kind of gives us our first look into um what this you know what is this i don't know I don't. I, I I struggle with the right word here, but like the negative. I'll just call it the negative space. It's probably not the right term, but it's it. By that I'm referring to like this space that, by all means, should not exist. And we we see things like um, here. You know, it, it's um. Oh, and there's the first mention of both Tom. I I think Karen, Tom, uh, Navy, Navidson. And Billy Reston. I think those are those are all, for the most part, those are the, um, the the main characters within the context of the Navidson record. Yeah. But uh, that we know they, of so far. They, uh, yeah, that we know of so far. I mean, they're, they're also the children. They, the children. I mean, we we'll see. But there's some. There's sometimes, and I, I don't know that this is probably the best literary analysis, but I, I, I choose to look, there are some characters that are not necessarily noteworthy. They are, I guess no, they are noteworthy in the sense that they we're supposed to like, they, they matter to, to, uh, Will Navidson. Um, but like, like the children, they are there. They, they don't really exist as fully fledged characters, at least at this point that I've read in the book. But they exist more as ideas, you know? Yeah. Like, they're, like, the, the idea of children. They're kind of you know? set-dressing. Exactly. They, they kind of exist to bring the impression of something. Because we, you, the reader, make the connection of there is a child in this very strange, surreal, dangerous, creepy space, you know? Yeah. They, they exist to create within the, the reader a feeling rather than to either deliver specific plot, you know, and again, this is only through the first 
four chapters here that I'm speaking, um, they, they, they don't necessarily bring a lot to the plot or to like the, the philosophical space of the, the book, but there's a lot of, um, yeah, they, they just exist to, to kind of create, to create a sense with, they, they, they are a plot device almost rather than a functioning character. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, they talk about this negative space and they, they, they refer to it where Navidson says it's freezing in there. So that's kind of an interesting thing. That's something that I'm always like scanning for when I'm reading here. I want to know like what is what is this weird shadow realm negative space non Euclidean I don't know. We we need to find a good term for it, but like 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 what is that like? And I think that's kind of an interesting thing that we kind of like. It's good to like set to kind of orient yourself and what what is this like? What is this place like? Because I, I kind of picture it as like looking essentially like a normal house, but you you know if you're in it, it's like darker. Like like theoretically, like you can see maybe a light is on, but it's the room itself is like the place is not as bright. He says it's kind of it's. He describes it as being cold. You know, it's. I it, there's there's just like a general sense of wrongness. Yeah. Uh, I, I I imagine we're gonna get more of that as we go. As it stands, it's you know, it's uh, we're still in the introductory phase of things. Uh, the the exactly. weirdest thing so far outside of the the. The teaser, as they called it, of the the five minute hallway and the uh, exploration number four is is the the anomaly of the outside versus inside distance, the space. So mm-hmm. I I feel like I feel like we 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 have it's almost it, honestly it's almost it's almost perfect where we stop because it feels like we're on the cusp of like the we're on like the tipping point of when like things are gonna start to go from like that's kind of weird to oh that's fucked like real fast. It- Yes, I feel like that is that is the case. Yeah, I feel like that's where we're at right now. So I I, I am yeah. looking forward to diving into this more because I I feel like it necessarily hasn't been it been fully expressed, but like I'm really enjoying this book in in all facets of it. Um, the Davidson record is super interesting, and it, it's almost kind of like uh to use a gaming metaphor for you that I know you will understand. It's almost kind of like when you're playing Yakuza Zero, where, um, and by you I mean you specifically, Daniel, um, uh, where it's like you know you're playing playing through it as Kiryu, and you're like, this is great, I love this, and then it swaps over to Majima, and you're just like, oh, but I was so into Kiryu. Then you're playing as Majima, and you're like, oh, this is great. Then it swaps back over to Kiryu, and you're like, oh, but I was really enjoying Majima. It's like that. I feel like with with Johnny and with Davidson, where it's like you have these. Uh, sorry. I was uh, uh, no, I was just about to voice my opinion. Please continue. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's 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 like that with um, it's it's like that with with Johnny and Davidson, because mm-hmm. uh, you get like this this you get these nice asides, these tangents um that Johnny goes into that like we've said earlier, they have nothing to do with anything really. It's the you know oh I'm telling a story about I was I was a pit boxer, making money and shit, and it's got nothing to do with water heaters. At all. He, he comes into the whole thing because he's like, I had to take a cold shower in my hotel room or whatever it was. And then it just reminds him of that, and he goes into that. 
and then we have the the having the the breakdown in the uh, in the tattoo shop, and it has not really much to do with much else. But then we go into that, and then his like escapades with lewd, and it's like I I I know it's it's a bit of a one one other thing that I was aware of going into this book was how divisive the uh the johnny truant story could be i didn't really know specifically i just know a lot of people were like i don't like this thing that happens in the book a lot i know that's a kind of divisive part of the book i love it i think it's great it's 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 you know it's a story within a story and i find him interesting but like i said earlier i don't trust anything he's saying but it's 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 weird it's it's a weird kind of dichotomy that's going on right now where it's like you got this really interesting slow burn like thriller horror-esque kind of story building with the Navidson record where you know that the shoe's about to drop or the hat that the the other shoe's gonna drop the hat's gonna drop whatever you want to say uh you have it to where you know it's coming and you you're getting this great build up to uh to a story where you know that like shit's about to go bad and it's gonna go bad in such a strange way and we don't know necessarily what the consequences are gonna be but we know that you know things are gonna go wrong and we get a nice build up to that, and then it's almost like a like cutting your legs out from under you kind of moment where you just get Johnny coming and he's just like, oh yeah, so that I was fighting dudes in a ring, and then there were exotic birds on this boat, and I got, well, I didn't get five thousand dollars, but boy did my captain did, and he was like, oh well, you know what, you owe me anyways, and you get that, and then you're just like, uh, what? And then you go back to the Davidson record, and it's just more and more of a slow burn, more and more of a build and build and build and build and build. And it's like, oh, yeah, you want to know how I got these scars, by the way? Yeah, I'm talking to this chick named Allison, and we went and had a weird – oh, this is – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap back around to this in a second. But we had this weird threesome, and then, we, you know, all this other stuff. Then it's just back to Davidson. It's, it's, such, it's so jarring at times, but it's like – it's intentional, and it, it's so weird, and it's so perfect, and I kind of love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's – it, it reminds me of um... – I don't know if you remember this, but like we would occasionally try to find weird music combinations. And one thing that we found like weirdly fitting sometimes was like these playlists of like, you know, get, or playing like these songs very disparate together or like after one another. Like I, I remember one time we found like this, this sequence of like this, I'd have to look and find it, find it again, but like this Frank Sinatra song and this Green Day song, you know, these very that they 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 had they were clearly kind of clashing in in terms of stylistically but there's something about that when you see them together against each other that was kind of like it was kind of compelling you know yeah um but to to kind of loop back a little bit to Johnny um and specifically the uh the 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 threesome that he has with um her name's Allison right Amber, Amber is her name. I'm sorry. Amber, Amber, Amber. Yes. Yeah. Um, Johnny is a poet. To put it one way, uh, this was one of the most tasteful sex scenes I think I have ever read in a book, because, like, it's a run-on sentence. It's a hell of a run-on sentence. Like, holy hell, it is a run-on sentence. Like, you get so, so, so much going on just in the span of one sentence that is like 20 lines and like maybe 250 plus words. Uh, 
It starts so abrasive, too. We just sat down on the floor and snorted lines of coke off of CD cases. Like, it starts off just so, like, abrasive and just like, oh, yeah, we, we had drugs and sex. But then you get into, like, the, 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 the weird kind of details of it. I'm not, I'm not trying to make the whole thing out of, out of sex right now, but it's just – it's not so much about the acts that are happening but the pros that he's using. That is what I found so fascinating about it. I think um, that's, that's, that's a very good observation. I think Johnny is a very naturally charismatic person, and he's a natural storyteller. Like That's what I was kind of saying earlier. Like There's more to Johnny than meets the eye. Like, you, you think of him as like this guy. He's struggling to hold down a job in a tattoo parlor. He's a party guy. you know. You, but there's, there's an intelligence to the character of Johnny. Like He's, he's very like – he's an of-the-streets, to use the term, kind of guy. But like you can tell that there's a lot, there's more to him than meets the eye. He's a he's a pretty smart guy, you know. Yeah. Like he's and he's like very engaging in the way that he, his, in, in the context of the story, he is writing these things down, and so and but there's there's it's there's it's very readable, you know. It's very interesting stuff that he's he's writing. Yeah, and then like he has that aside where he. It, it, it he starts reminiscing about like times with his father like he remembers his father and this is like what this is once again if, if you kind of lose yourself in the text this is in the middle of a sex scene and it's it's very strange exactly. it's very strange almost because it's like you know, you're having sex and you're thinking about your father it's it without the context it sounds real strange really weird and like very creepy but then it's like the way he does it though it almost feels sensual and you're like what what, what is happening right now <laughs> It's it's so strange. I don't know. It's that that scene really stuck out to me, and it's like like I said, it's like one of the most tasteful sex scenes I've ever read because it's not about the sex; it's about everything else, and it's just so strange. And I'm like, man, this dude just like to kind of like go into a more just like broad, just taking myself completely out of a sense. Mark uh, Mark Z uh, Danielewski is a really talented author. Because he's able to do this, to make this, like, really beautiful passage that almost feels ethereal and, like, almost like an outer body thing. And it's just very – it's a run-on sentence, which, you know, is it's very um, uh, Hemingway, right? Was it, Hem- was it Hemingway that was known I, for I, his run-on sentences? I, I, think that, I think to a certain – extent i don't know i might i might um i might need to refresh my knowledge of Hemingway because i think a lot of some of the Hemingway things was like the very short punchy to the point like sentences like crisp crisply uh punctuated kind of like very direct not necessarily like dumbed down but like simple sentences and with and, and like clear um uh, dialogue or not necessarily dialogue but like word choice but I don't know. Could could be. Maybe maybe I'm I'm missing something. Yeah, he, had, he Hemingway. I just looked up just to double check myself. Uh, yeah, Hemingway. He he did have a history of using like maybe not necessarily frequently, but he did use run-on sentences a lot for for things. And I it, like it, it's not necessarily. I don't want to say it's Hemingway-esque to where it's like this reads just like Ernest Hemingway. Like that's not what I mean. It's just more so the like I it's something I'm aware of of Hemingway with him using run-on sentences to almost like kind of drive in a point. And uh, make it kind of like 
not necessarily supersede what you're trying to, the point you're trying to get across, but it almost kind of like adds impact or punch to it. Like that's what I mean when, mm-hmm. when I say it's like Hemingway, where he's using that run-on sentence to do a similar thing that Hemingway did with his run-on sentences. It, it long way of saying that it reminded me of that. Um, but it was just, it was just that scene stuck out to me, and it's just, it's one of those things where it's like you know I've read a lot of Martin, and I've read a lot of sex scenes because I've read Martin. Mm-hmm. And I am of the opinion that um, sex scenes are very awkward, and it is really hard to kind of like get something going in your book to where this is just my opinion. It's I, it's mm-hmm. it's it's awkward, man. It's 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 just it's very strange, and you're just you're, you're just it kind of takes me out a bit because it's like a lot of it is is very like distasteful for lack of a better term it's very raunchy very like erotic and it's 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 like it's 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 smutty for like i'm not trying to sound puritanical here but like you know th- th- there's a very famous example from a dance with dragons i think it's a dance with dragons it might be a piece for crows i don't know i get a lot of those two mixed up because they take place at the same time there's a there's a there's a sex scene that i know is pretty infamous in one of those books from martin uh, that is really, really, really graphic with its with its word choice, and it's just awkward and uncomfortable. And it's like you've had sex scenes that are like a little more tasteful in the ser- in the previous books in the series, and it's fine and <laughs> it's whatever. It's just all right; these characters are having sex, cool, whatever. Uh, but then there's also the, that one in particular that's really just too far. So for me in particular, I sex scene, sex in, in novels is a very kind of like it's a very very precarious thing to write where you can either lean way too heavily into it where you've got essentially not not essentially 50 shades of gray but it's it's, it's, it invokes a similar emotion to where you're reading it you're just like this is just distasteful this is smutty this is uncomfortable i wish i wasn't reading these characters fucking right now and then you have other ones where it's just like oh that was really well done like cool and i feel like this is more on that side of that spectrum to where it's like it was a sex scene i'm spending a lot of time on a sex scene i realize but i just I really want to really staple the fact that I'm talking about his his use of prose and how he wrote the scene in particular, not because of what the scene is about. I really want to stress that. It was just really cool. It was nice to look at that and, and me understand that these characters are indeed having sex, but it is done in such a tasteful way that where I'm like, I'm impressed that you were able to do this without making me feel uncomfortable and wonder why I'm reading about people having sex right now. So I just wanted to point that out. It was a cool scene. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I agree. I think um, Daniel Uski is, is a very talented uh, writer in that respect that he it creates. He's able to use these these difficult or sensitive topics, but he's able to handle them with a certain degree of, um, I guess, delicacy. Yeah. That he's able to, you know, it's it's able to, and, and take every, you know, as, as as far as it goes, you know, like there's a lot of like, <clears throat> like uh, you could say like, like there's there's like a lot of tension, you know, that you see in between like, uh, Davidson and his wife Karen, and I think in the hands of a less, um, careful writer, you could create a, this character of Karen that is not well true to her name like the idea of the the karen but like yeah. he, he creates he he he's he is a very he has a very deft touch with these characters and i think that's something that that's very uh much to his credit 
I think there's something also interesting about how he's um, how strong of a voice that he gives each character. There's a lot of characters um, or a lot of writers, um, both within the the world of the novel and within um, uh, like films, for example, that there's not really a very distinct. Uh, like a lot of characters will sound alike, and it can be very. And in the case of like a, a novel, it can be kind of difficult without uh, the if if something is not very well punctuated or like very very well like well edited grammatically, it can be like okay, wait, so who's talking right now? Um, yeah, at, you know, you know, you, you Daniel Lewski is very good about each character. You you get a sense very quickly, I might add about how each character has, you know, how each character talks, how they think, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which to, to, I'm glad you brought that up because that was something also I was trying, I, I was trying to get to, but I just kind of got too hung up on the sex of it unintentionally, <laughs> but to make it more about sex. Um, I, this is a credit to, uh, Daniel Lewski, um, with him, like you said, giving voice, you just, you went exactly where I wanted you to go. So thank you for that. Um, or you went exactly where I wanted to go. Uh, so it makes a nice segue that I've ruined. Uh, he does a really great job of... So it's it's like... You know, we, you know we, we, we've said earlier, it's, it's like a story within a story. We have we have Johnny Truant's story, and we have Zapano's story telling the House of Leaves, the, the Navison record inside of that. So we have the, the we have essentially two, two authors speaking to us in this one book with Johnny Truant and Zapano. And so we have their two writing styles that are clashing with each other. And all of this is in one book written by one person, by Daniel Lewski. And it's so well done that you feel like it's these it, – this isn't anything that's like, you know, super wondrous for talented authors. Like any author – any author worth his snuff does this in any book. But I think it's more so the format in which this book is presented that really kind of like accentuates it as opposed to it just being a book like to go back to the example I've been using a lot here with Martin with the uh, Ice and Fire series where it's just viewpoint characters. Each chapter is being essentially narrated. Not narrated. It's, it's a viewpoint. There, it's, it's following a different character. So that character has their own voice, their own. Uh, perspectives and shit, and like that's what like the viewpoint does with like Martin and Ice and Fire, as opposed to with this, where it's like you get that same thing where it's like viewpoints, where it's Truant and Zapano, but it's done side by side in a clashing manner, like to, to go back to the whole like it's a distractor kind of thing, and like to go back to the to the to the the passages, the comparing. I'm gonna compare the two sex scenes here. The one with uh, Johnny Truant and um, Amber and her friend, and the one between Navidson and his wife. And you get it's it's two different authors, quote-unquote, telling similar actions in two different ways. And it's, they're both they're both very well done, I thought. Because with, with, in the Navidson record with Zapanos, it's, they had time and uh, they had time for themselves, and there was a lot of opening and closing of their hands, and like that was like the extent of it. 
and it's like you get that dichotomy of of writing style. This is just a nice example because it's it's in my mind right now, and it's it's a it's a nice kind of like in your face kind of thing. It's a way that you can see the, the different styles of writing between Sopano and Truant, where you get a very flowery kind of like uh, wordy, uh, very run on, but still sweet kind of moment from Johnny with his writing on it, and then you get Sopano's, which is a very just kind of matter of fact kind of this is what happened but i'm not going to explicitly say it i'm going to use a um not a metaphor but like i'm, I'm going to use a descriptor that symbolizes this without explicitly stating it and it's my point being is that i think i've already said it is that it's a nice kind of way that you show the difference between these two authors writing style but it's all being done in one book by one author and it's just it's really cool i like it this is a very well-written book, is my point, and I, I, I appreciate that. I think I got my point across. I hope I did. The prose in oh. this is very good. Yes, I, I, I just realized that I was admitting myself at that point. Um, but yes, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, let's see, we've... We've been going for quite a while, and we are still only partway through chapter one. Uh, I I feel like we we we've jumped around. We've jumped around across all four chapters that we've read, plus the introduction. Um, I mean, I don't think we necessarily need to do like a beat by beat plot summary because, for one, there's not really a plot so far. It's just kind of like an abstraction of ideas that have started to coalesce into an idea. That's, but, that's true. It's, it is kind of like a that is kind of like a a thing about it. It's 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 the plot the plot moves in such a way, and that like it doesn't move like it's well paced. Like you, I, I never, I'm never feeling like bored, but or like like okay, well, when is this wrapping up? Um, but like it's it's very well paced. But it, there's there's not a lot that has really been happening. Excuse me. Like, there's not a lot that's been, um, like, like, a lot has been made of, like, this idea of this guy, you know, measuring a room over and over again, and only in finding, like, a quarter-inch difference. Like, structurally, like, if you think about it, that would be very boring to, to is that's very boring to Im imagine in the abstract, right? Is like, this guy getting out a measuring tape, Spooling it out, be like, hmm, like, and, and even the idea of the, the there being a quarter inch difference doesn't even necessarily excite the mind very much. It's like you could be like, well, I mean, maybe he's doing something wrong. Maybe he's not taking this or that into account. But at the same time, and this is a credit to Daniel Lewski, is that you you have a very strong, um, you were very infested this whole entire time, you know. Yeah. Um so I guess do you want to do you want to get like kind of to a wrap up of House of Leaves so far for us all 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 you know you 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 were worried uh that we wouldn't have enough to talk about and we're here we are 2 hours deep and we've only read ostensibly 40 50 pages of the book so far. Uh I guess before before we wrap up I do want to talk a little bit about um 
Exploration 4, uh, which was the other, um, I guess, teaser, so to say, that came out in the world of Zampano's narrative. Um, yes, that was very after, much like a found footage thing. Yes, and, and it was it was actually it's it's interesting because it's kind of a um, kind of a hook because like we were to kind of contrast with what, what I was just saying is like where where it feels like there's not a lot happening and it's very things are very kind of quiet and low stakes. It's kind of it's it's pretty pretty eerie. Um, like, because the, the way we see it is there's a lot of, like, especially when you imagine in the context of, like, not just as just words on the page, but if you kind of picture the, the film itself, the short film itself is, like, this very choppy, poorly edited thing where it's, but it's, there's, like, a lot of strange images. It's, like, like this, um, you see Navidson. It's that the first shot catches Navidson mid-phrase. He is tired, depressed, and pale. And then as it kind of breaks in, days, I think, and I, I don't know, then he, he drinks something. And then he's just kind of like laughing to himself. He's like, you know, I think I'd like to burn it down, but I can't think clearly enough to do it. And now this. And so it's, it's like this, this, uh, you, we can, we, we, you can, you can picture this very clearly in your mind. Like Navidson, he's just like this guy who's just at his wits end. He's kind of losing it. He's proposing these things like he wants to burn down his house he's 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 joking about burning down his house he's he's a guy who's been pushed to his limits and then we also see um further on it's like this this is muddle of shots about karen and tom there they can't there is the next shot jumps to karen and tom arguing about whether or not to go in after him and this at this point it remains unclear to whom they are referring so it's it's clear that there's you know, something has gone terribly wrong. There are several more shots. Trees in winter. Blood on the kitchen floor. One shot of a child, Daisy, crying. You know, so it's it's like this this um it, it's it's it, in a very short span of time. Like you you it, it it's it gives you a very negative like this like not negative like it it becomes very uncomfortable very quickly. Like you can imagine viewing this tape and it's it's like hmm, it, it, it's it's very unsettling and then it's like uh um followed by three more shots dark hallways windowless rooms stairs then a new voice i'm lost out of food low on water no sense of direction oh god you know and it, it's it's like this um <coughs> excuse me <coughs> But it's it's like it, it, what's interesting here is like I think this is our first maybe outside of the five minute hallway, which is kind of like an interesting kind of thing, but not particularly um, unsettling. It's it, it creates it's it 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 does a great job of establishing the the uh, the uh, the phantom zone negative space as this very oppressive thing this very creepy thing and one thing that's interesting here that it's um that i want to see if it circles back up whether it's just the character this unnamed character um you know freaking out he says uh let's see there's something here it's following me no it's stalking me i've been stalked by it for days 
but for some reason it's not attacking. So that that's kind of an interesting thing to I I kind of want to mention that is like is I think I think there's to your point that I think there this the other shoe when it drops it's it's really going to drop. And this is neither here nor there, but I just flipped to the next page just to kind of look, and it's it there's there's a it quotes from an interview uh, a, a fake interview with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, which is a very unfortunate reference. Yeah, it has um, not aged the best. Yeah, I think we've covered a, a good amount for now for at least this this first one here. So, uh, next week, next weekend, next Saturday, uh, come back talk about it some more. Yes, I'm very excited. Um, and you know, I think that was a very successful uh, first session of the Sad Boy Book Club. Yeah, I look forward to. Uh, Finishing House of Leaves and uh, exploring other avenues, other books. Definitely, I think you know if we can get this going for on a long enough time period, I think there's some that you know I'm, I there's definitely a lot of books that I would like to I've been meaning to read um, for a long time, and you know it it would be good to just have something to like this that kind of. You know, I think because I think the, the the being able to discuss these these books and these things it kind of it, it kind of deepens the enjoyment at least for me. Yeah. So I I look forward to doing this in the future. Yeah, and it puts a bit of a goal on it too to kind of keep keep at least it, for me keep reading a little more consistent because I've been trying to get back into reading for two years now and I've finished three books in that time. So I'd like to I like to get a little more consistent with my reading, get back to it because it's just it's a hobby that I absolutely love that I've just been neglecting for the better part of a decade now. I think this, this is a great way to do it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah. Uh, see you next week, then. We'll talk more about House of Leaves. Maybe other things, too. Maybe not uh, Maybe not as many tangents about other books. But still, that's part of the fun, isn't it? It, it really is. You know? it's, it's the connection. It's the... Um, the, the, the mag- that, that's kind of the magic of literature and of pop culture. Just the... the weaving the, the the tapestry as it were but yeah. yeah it was great it was I look, I look forward to doing this more sounds good talk to you later